0: Well, hey, and welcome back to the Will and Rob Show. It is really wonderful to be with you in this mid-October uh, afternoon. Uh, my name is Will Stockdale. I'm a ministry associate with Ministry of State. Here, as always, but not only with uh, my very good friend Robert Hassler, communications director here at Ministry to State. Um, He's always we-
1: here. It's not a big deal.
0: I know, and you want <laughs> me? To, you're waving me off to move on because we have someone very exciting to introduce who's with us on the show. And so we're going to just skip right on past you, Robert, uh, and announce that we are super thrilled to have with us Jennifer Marshall Patterson, who is going to be talking with us today about her work. And uh, Jennifer is a visiting lecturer and the director of the Institute of Theology and Public Life at Reformed Theological Seminary here in Washington, D.C. Uh, And she is also a senior visiting fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Um, And then you know, that that's, that's short, but there's also a ton of other work that you have been doing that you have done. And you've, uh, recently written a piece for world magazine that we're going to get to you've written for Providence magazine. You've done work for family research council. Uh, I know you've been involved with the ERLC up here, some people that we really love. Um, and you're also getting your PhD at Catholic university in moral theology. And so, uh, in addition, how could I forget? You're also a publisher of the book Now and Not Yet, which is a book on singleness that you published back in 2007, I believe. And so, well, well, to get started, how are you? How has your day been so far?
2: Well, doing really well. Thanks, Will. And hi, Rob. Great to be with you guys. Thanks for the invitation to join this conversation. Um, I'm actually on the campus of Theological Seminary right now, and there's classes going on. So it's a it's it's great to be a part of uh, this endeavor and and be around campus.
0: Okay, that's great. Well, I think as we get started, the direction we want to take is that you are getting your uh, PhD in moral theology, and what I wanted to ask you is, as we're up here in Washington D.C., and as Ministry to State seeks to serve those serving in government, how can we think of the way our moral theology informs our political theology? Or is it even the other way around? And and I guess maybe for those of us who don't know or who would like some clarification, what is moral theology?
2: Well, moral theology, another way to think of it is ethics. That's the other uh, phrase in the degree that I'm getting. And just how do we apply our beliefs, our theology to the way we live, the choices we make, uh, the way we uh, perceive the world and and decide how to act in, in relation to it? For us as Christians, uh, we are working from scripture and and seeking to discern the way that God has made the world for his glory and for our flourishing. What we're trying to do here at Reform Theological Seminary through our Institute for Theology and Public Life is to help uh, Christians discern how to work out from biblical theology a framework for thinking about our life in the public square, our life together in community, um, and, and that needs to begin with, uh, with scripture, and then thinking about the principles that we derive from it, moving through ideas, um, beginning with, with creation, the good of creation, uh, the way that we are created in the image of God. There are profound realities, many, <laughs> that flow from the fact that we are created in the image of God. Uh, moving on to, to common grace and our, our understanding of what that means about the way God works in the world and so on. So, moving from these key systematic theological doctrines to really build out a framework. A perspective for processing, uh, the news on a daily basis. It's really hard to get out of the churn of the 24 seven news cycle, uh, not only on cable news, but on all the social media and so on. But we need to step back from that and work out our framework prior to that.
0: Right. And I, you and I had a conversation, I don't know if you remember about a year and a half ago. Um, I was, I think I just finished up my MDiv at RTS and, uh, you were gracious enough to talk with me on the phone and, and allow me to take some of your time. And looking at the situation of 2020, everything that was going on, that that wild year, I was like, can you help me think through this? Where can I go? And you recommended some books to me uh, to read that have been super helpful and almost transformative in thinking. And one of them is Thinking Through Creation by Christopher Watkin, and so what you're saying sounds like some of the ideas that he communicates in that book. Has he been someone that's been helpful?
2: Absolutely, I, yeah, and I remember that conversation well. I'm so glad that you found that book beneficial too. I, I really enjoyed it, and our students have enjoyed it here. It's the, the book is Thinking Through Creation by Christopher Watkin, an Australian theologian who really does a very nice job of bringing together a lot of, um, well, first of all, biblical theology. He's working just from Genesis 1 and 2, really, um, and trying to show us how the way God has worked in creation and the design of this world is the, 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 the we, taking a biblical lens on the way that God has created the world is the foundation for our thinking about how to act in the midst of it. He's also a scholar of um, you know uh, French critical theory, and so he brings this incredible uh, knowledge and distills it in a way that's very accessible and helpful for our day and age. I think so. I'm really glad you found that book beneficial too.
1: Um. I think one thing that's really uh, on the top of people's minds as they think about this connection between moral theology or ethics and um, political theology, or how do we engage, especially in the legislative or uh, policymaking space. Um, and, you know, one thing you'll hear often from people, even Christians themselves will say, well, you know, these things, we, we're in a, we're in a, political system where you know separation of church and state we those things don't have any place here we need to make sure that we're making laws we're not basing it on like the 10 commandments blah 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 stuff like that what is what is sort of the the biblical uh, uh theologian's response or the moral theologian's response to something like that
2: i think our first responsibility as christians is to be engaged in the renewing of our own minds and to be deeply um affected by the truths of scripture. Uh, let, me, let me use the example of image of God and theological anthropology, which is a big fancy word for how we th- how we think biblically about human beings. This is so critical for us today as we have numerous challenges. If you, if you think just about any public policy issue today the, and, and the debate about it, there's typically something having to do with human nature, what it means to be human, image of God at the center of it. Um, Of course, we can think about this with issues of uh, abortion, um, uh, euthanasia, end of life, assisted suicide, but also issues of uh, poverty. What does it mean to be Uh, uh, have compassion and be effective in that compassion. We have to know what it means to be made in the image of God if we're going to tackle that well. And let me just spell that out a little bit more. If we so much of the way we have thought about addressing human need over the last 50 years has been um, really tackling material need. And, and by the way, this is true often not only of government programs, but of private, of church charitable programs as well. We have, we have recognized material need, which is important, and, and uh, we need to tackle it, but we've stopped there. And for us as Christians, that's insufficient. We can't be satisfied with that. We have to recognize the needs of the whole person. And that really gets us thinking about what it means to be made in the image of God is to be made relationally. It's to be made for purposeful activity, for work after the pattern of our creator. And the the holistic set of needs, relational, creative purpose and work and material need We've got to tackle that as a whole, if we're going to do justice uh, to our neighbors who are in need. So that's the way, you know, and we could spell out so many more issues. Um, prison reform, uh, the, the racial reconciliation issues that we're facing, etc. cetera, image of God, what it means to be human uh, are, are in the center of so many of these
0: things. Right, so, yeah, it is unavoidable. We bring in our anthropology into yeah. these policy decisions. And it will either be biblical or it won't. It'll either be concordant with what God has given or it won't. Is that kind of?
2: Yeah, yeah. And so we're asking as our own minds and hearts are shaped by scripture to in the way that we diagnose and address the needs around us. We're also then trying to appeal to those around us to recognize these realities about uh, how the world works, how the world is, is built for our flourishing, how, it's, how we are meant to uh, operate as individuals and in community. So there's some just inescapable realities about the world around us. And the, the better we understand those, the better we can appeal to our neighbors as well to, uh, us, to, to recognize and, and, and join us in addressing those.
1: So almost as like a a test case of this, uh, you recently published a piece over at world magazine, uh, their new opinion, uh, section, it's just been, it's been really fun to watch it kind of grow and blossom in these, these first initial weeks. And you, you wrote a piece just recently for them kind of applying this whole, this moral theology, this ethics framework and how it comes to bear on something, uh, You know, you talked about abortion and end of life, but something that it comes to bear on like even fiscal policy, like a budget bill. Um, Could you walk us through kind of what you were thinking about when you were writing that piece?
2: Yes, right. So I was writing about the Build Back Better plan, the big um, spending bill that's being considered in Congress right now. And one of my passions as coming from a policy background to these questions is that there are very few policy matters in front of us today that have a single variable. Most often, we're talking healthcare reform, education reform, welfare reform, spending packages, tax reforms. There are multiple issues in play. And that means multiple values, multiple principles. And for us as Christians, multiple biblical principles at stake in that. And so I was trying to illuminate how we might bring a consciousness of that to our consideration of this uh, major package that's in front of Congress, and particularly think about what is this doing to the relationship between government and family and community? Um, Certainly, as Christians, I think we need to acknowledge that God has designed the family particularly as an institution and and the church and uh, allowed and culturally given space for many other institutions to form. Uh, He's also ordained that government would have its role to make sure that the public square has the protection it needs for these various institutions to fulfill their roles and responsibilities. So there are multiple institutions with multiple responsibilities, and these need to function well together. What we're seeing in this current bill in front of Congress is a set of proposals, the ones that I chose to deal with in this um, article, and there there are so many others, it's a a major bill. um, But the ones I chose to deal with were things having to do with child care, early childhood education, um, and and paid family leave. So a bundle of things that um, on their face, seem like they should be attractive to families. And yet I was showing that the uh, way that the policies have been built into this package is that it expands government's role in designating what is allowable and crowds out families' choices about that. Uh, so there will be greater subsidies, should this bill pass, there would be greater subsidies to families in the areas of early child. Uh, early childhood education, child care, family leave, but it would be very particular with respect to how they could use those funds and have the effect of crowding out the smaller providers. Many people prefer for their child care for an in-home provider, a religious provider. Because of the regulations that are written into the law, those are the very kinds of Uh, small operators that will likely be crowded out because of the regulation. So in the end, we're losing some of that um, diversity, some of that uh, vitality that's happening in neighborhoods and communities right now for meeting needs. I talked about it as the fabric of our lives. We weave the fabric of our lives. We're designed by God to weave lives together in interdependence with our family in mutual uh, responsibility with our neighbors, in the larger community by helping one another in need. And the thick fabric that forms as a result of that is the best insurance policy for for all the crises that develop in the course of a family's life. And we all face them. Um, And it's that thick network that's going to be the most responsive. The government safety net, which is expanding as a result of this proposal, can't replace that. It's not designed to replace that. And so we need to be attentive to all of that. Where the, where we see fraying in the fabric of social life, the fabric of the family, the fabric of the community, where we see fraying, where we see strains, we need to think hard about how we reweave that fabric, not try to patch it with an artificial expansion of an institution that's not designed to fill it. So that's that's the kind of, And and by the way, that that expands well beyond whatever policy we support. It means that we have to take responsibility for it in our own neighborhoods and communities. We have to recognize that building back the institution of family, building back a community network of support has to be done by our one-to-one community relationships. We can't bank shot that to government and expect that the job's gonna get done.
0: I love what you're saying. And I, I think about um, you put a quote by Senator Manchin in here is that what we need and can, what we need, what we can afford and not, this should not be designed to re-engineer the social and economic fabric of this nation. And hearing you talk about the fraying that is occurring, whether it's at the institutional level of, of large institutions or the small institution of family or churches, I, there's so much uh, that that is going on there. I think about whether it's Charles Murray writing and coming apart of what's happening or Robert Putnam and our kids and looking Mm -hmm. at a similar state of fraying. Uh, It's being observed in so many places. Uh, And I guess my, what I want to ask is in your teaching at RTS and in your writing and your thinking, how do you encourage your students? And then how would you encourage pastors to be part of the pastors and churches and congregants in those churches to be part of this um, kind of reweaving or or this pulling back together?
2: I, I love that question. Thank you for it. And the, I'll, I'll give a quick answer and then expand it. I think we have to recognize the relational capital that exists in churches. The church is founded on a reconciled relationship, on a restored relationship. That's what Christ does is to restore our relationship with God and by extension, our relationship with those around us, with the world around us, with our own selves. Um, and that God, that restoration of relationship with God, self, others, the created world around us is a paradigm that I think is really helpful for thinking about flourishing and wholeness whenever we tackle a public policy question. Um, I think it comes across quite clearly when we're thinking about poverty or those social um, challenges, but they're just about any policy we can think about flourishing in that whole dimension. Now, what that means is that um, government may be part of the response to many questions, but it's never gonna be the totality of the response. Therefore, we in our capacity um, through churches particularly have a responsibility to help those around us uh, rebuild relationship. So wherever we are as a church community engaged in ministry, mercy ministries uh, and, and things like that, we need to make sure that we're not reducing human beings to the merely material. Mm-hmm. Our mercy ministries need to be relational. Our And that means it's hard, it means it's long-term. It means it's not as easy as supplying a material need and walking away. It means real cha- relational change is a long-term investment, but that's what is at stake here. So recognizing that the church has unique capacity in that relational restoration work is a critical aspect. We, the the conversations around us about politics can kind of get us caught in a vortex where we have a very limited vision about what the range of solutions is. And we need to pull back out of that and recognize Number one, the conversation is so much bigger than what the political can entail. And number two, uh, we're coming with resources beyond um, beyond anything that's in the midst of that conversation. We're coming with the resources of the Holy Spirit, God's work in the church, and the restored relationship uh, offered to us in Christ Jesus. That is a whole different paradigm with which to approach these challenges, but it puts it, therefore, we we can't then delegate all of our problems to um government we have to we have to take responsibility for those immediate um concerns and 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 not overlook our the way that we can impact them in our own sphere of influence
0: there there's such a um a rise in spiritualism quote unquote that's occurring there's such a felt need of that i think people are um, whether they're consciously aware of or not are, are tired of being reduced, truncated down to uh, just food and clothing and want more than that. And it sounds like what you're saying is the church, and this is biblical. It's not just that there's an opportunity for the church to exploit or anything, but that there is a, a faithfulness that the church needs to step in and follow um, according to what it, how it has been instituted, how it has been uh, given to the world by God to love and serve Creation.
2: That's right. The method needs to come from our understanding of what the church is. And you've articulated that well.
0: So uh we have appreciated this. And you had mentioned earlier, you had told us that there is uh some really exciting stuff happening at uh RTS right now with the with the women's teaching lab. And so appreciate your time, but I didn't want to leave before before you were able to talk about that?
2: Yes, I'd love to share with your listeners an opportunity that has just started this fall and we'll have another class in the spring. There are a set of women's teaching labs that we are offering for the first time. And this is for women who are in leadership or would like to be in leadership of Bible studies um, who want to grow in their ability to communicate God's word. We've started a teaching lab. Nana Dolce, who works with Simeon Trust, is uh, teaching uh, a number of the courses this, uh, a number of the class sessions this fall, and in the spring uh, we'll be continuing to teach about uh, how to think about teaching on on different formats. There's so much teaching that's going on on Zoom now and uh, via video and podcast. You guys are doing it well, Um, so we're, we're we're really welcoming women to join us for these new classes. In addition to the Institute of Theology and Public Life courses that we offer, in the spring we'll be offering our Foundations class through the semester, and we have a continuing rotation of electives that we go through. In January, uh, Religious Liberty experts and veteran civil servant Eric Treen will be teaching a class on Religious Liberty. Um, we'll have, uh, we expect to be offering soon classes on effective compassion and bioethics. So we, we have a continuing offering of these electives that are usually offered on a weekend. So they're easy to fit in around a work schedule. And we'd love, we'd love to have more people joining us um, from the Capitol Hill community.
0: If we were to be interested in that, uh, and when you said religious liberty expert, and you started with Eric, I was like, Oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> I thought you were about to say your husband, Eric Patterson. He
2: here. he has also taught here, Eric Patterson is also a religious liberty expert. So he will be back on the scene to talk about national security in the future here.
0: Okay, well, um, if, if we were interested and someone wanted to find out more information, where would they go?
2: rts.edu. And in the drop-down menu, you can look at the uh, Washington, D.C. campus. We have a multi-campus enterprise. So look under Washington, D.C. for upcoming uh, uh, courses on campus.
0: Wonderful. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking with us about policy issues and how to think biblically about um, creation and then the government's role in it and our role in society. And thank you for your work that you're doing at RTS and beyond. So we hope you- Well, thank you
2: guys. Thank you very much. And I appreciate the work that you all are doing as well to reflect well on these
0: issues from a biblical perspective. Thanks. Well, you're welcome. Glad glad to have you and hope you have a great rest of your day.
1: Um, Well, that was awesome to have Jennifer Marshall Patterson on. Uh, Will, when you're thinking about this connection between moral and political theology, I mean- one thing that I really appreciated about uh, her piece at world magazine is that we tend to think of these things as like sort of purely uh, on like social issues, like abortion, euthanasia, things like that. But what, what's really cool is as, is, as her piece shows is that, you know, these things apply to like pol- like financial policy to regulation to education policy. I mean, is that something that, um, or I, I guess maybe my question is like, what, what do you, what do you think of or make of all that?
0: When you first brought this up, it makes me think of the uh, that worn out, tired phrase, you can't legislate morality. And the idea is true only if uh, morality is about emotivism and subjective feeling. So uh, if morality is limited to the sphere of the subjective, as in what I personally think is right about a situation. But... If morality is beyond that, which is much a much more traditional idea. If the universe itself has a grain of morality to it, and um, which means that our institutions can be moral or immoral as well as they fit or uh go against that grain, um, then, then we need to think about all of these issues and how are our politics, um, concordant with the morality that is in the world the way God has best designed things to be, which is connected to her words about anthropology, great insights and thoughts on, on, on biblical anthropology. So I think, yeah, what I think of is, you know, and what's silly about the, you can't legislate morality thing again, is you're not going to find a government uh, that doesn't believe that what they're doing is good. Like they may think it's only good for a select number of people, but it at least is, they're going to claim that it is a good thing and so um we have to ask okay is this good as in is this moral is this a moral um benefit
1: yeah you know it's one of the case studies that i was thinking about was that um after the texas um abortion law went into effect uh there was somebody i can't remember some blue check on twitter that was basically saying like um well, if religious conservatives or or religious Christians want, uh, this bill, then, uh, they also better be in favor of, uh, requiring the fathers of that children of those children, um, to pay support or be present in the child's life. And, you know, I saw somebody that basically was like, yeah, like that's the seventh commandment. Like we're, we're all in on that. Like, um, and I think that what was, it does a, that it, was it, a
0: textbook example of not knowing what your counterpoints counterparts yeah, exactly. actually think.
1: Exactly. And like what the point, but I think the the, the the application here of what we just heard from um, uh, Jennifer is that like, we know that, you know, in the creational order, children are given to mo- mothers and fathers um, and that the, the basic building block of society is that that family, that institution of the family. It's supposed to operate with mutual you know, self-sacrifice and caregiving. And um, that's the way that God designed it. And so our laws should reflect that good design. Um, and so that means, yes, if um, a woman decides that she wants to carry her child to term, um, uh, then of course the father needs to be obligated to participate uh, in that child's life and to, to support at the very least financially, um, because that's, that's the even though that's not the, the, um, uh, the goal that's, no that, you know, that bare minimum shouldn't be, you know, what we hope for everybody, but we should hope for, for full family reconciliation, but in this fallen world, that may be the best we can get, but we should absolutely be enforcing that, that, um, at least that amount. And I think that's a good example of looking at creation in the way that God has designed it and applying it to even like sort of nitty gritty policy decisions.
0: Yeah with what you're saying and thinking back to our conversation that I'm super grateful for. I'm, I'm just really grateful for people like her who have sharp minds and big hearts that are concerned and thinking deeply and thoughtfully about these issues that are very complicated. And um, Christians, we, as you know, we want to know and think about how do we do this well. What what does it mean to be God honoring? How do we fear the Lord in this? And so, having someone like her uh, and other people at the at RTS and just in DC and around the states or world who are doing this is just a great benefit to the church and I'm very grateful for them. And, um, you know, she mentions Christopher Watkins and uh, that book is really great. I really recommend it. And you know, we're we're neither individualistic or or collectivists uh, as Christians. We're there's an interesting way that Christianity cuts through. We're covenantal covenant. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, there's a lot to work on. One thing that I wish I had asked that I, I forgot to ask was um, uh, how do people who are working on the Hill in Senate and congressional offices, how do they apply these moral and political theologies to the day-to-day task? Um, The, the quotidian, whether that's, you know, a staff assistant, an intern, or a legislative correspondent, legislative aide, uh, whatever, all the way up the chain. And I think um, someone in comms. Uh, you know, I, and I, I think with this, maybe what I would just end with saying is, uh, we'd love to hear from you uh, if you if you have thoughts on how this applies to your life or questions you have. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, send us an email or hit us up on Twitter. Um, and also just an encouragement to think about it. Uh, just think about how does this, how do these ideas. Um, change and impact your work? How do they give meaning to it in a way that you hadn't thought before? Um, Or how do they just encourage you in the work you're already doing?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great point. And I guess I would end by saying like, you won't be able to know the answers to these questions. Like you won't know how the word of God bears on your work in public policy if you're not in the word of God. And so with that, um, you should join Ministry of State for Bible studies um, or try to launch a Bible study in your own office. And we would love to help you uh, do that. Um, I know, Will, you're leading a group right now through Jonah, and you've made some really interesting observations uh, about Jonah to me. And I know the folks that go to that Bible study um, are hearing the same. Um, I- I've been uh, going through the book of Mark with some folks and would love to be doing that with some other uh, other people as well. So um, yeah, I it's, it's wonderful to hear these conversations and they're really important and they're fruitful and they're helpful. Um, and then, you know, as you're also reading that you're like, Oh, I wouldn't know any of this if I didn't know Genesis one through two. And so it's like, I need to be in the word. I need to be studying. Um, and I think another big part too is praying, um, and, and asking for the wisdom of the Holy spirit. You know, James says, if we ask for wisdom, uh, God will surely give it to us. Uh, and so uh, I think, these are huge questions for people. I mean, the question of the, of the budget bill is incredibly huge. It's what, what, how many trillion dollars huge. And um, will have massive effects, as, as Jennifer pointed out, on uh, individuals and families. Um, those are really big questions, and they're kind of intimidating. And so we do need the help of the Holy Spirit, um, the mercy and grace of God, in order uh, to tackle these things and to think about these things well. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's where ministry of state wants to come in and help. So if you're, if you're interested in this stuff, just like will said, uh, contact us, send us an email or DM, DM us on Twitter. Uh, we'd love to help it, help you out.
0: Great way to end it. So if you, we'd love to hear from you, you can find Robert, uh, email Robert at ministry will at ministry state.org or follow Robert on Twitter at RD Hassler, me at Stockdale we'll, we'll put out this episode, uh, when when we finish, uh, I guess, well, you'll, it's funny is whatever you listen to it will be today, but we will release it tomorrow. It's a trippy thing about time (laughs) recordings, but anyways, thanks so much for listening. Uh, and we will be back with you next week.